0: Nature Works Podcast, conversations with extraordinary guests who are working to protect, regenerate and better understand the natural world, with your host, Mike Weeks.
1: Welcome to Nature Works Podcast. In this episode, I'm speaking with my very close friend, my sister from another mother. No, that's not right, is it? Sister from another mister? That's the one. Anyway, I'm speaking with Lindsay Boyd, who is a serial entrepreneur, an award-winning speaker and business guru and author. And it's a different kind of conversation, this episode, because we mostly focus on the ethical side of business, as well as what it means to build a brand, not to be confused with branding. And most importantly, Lindsay's mission in business, which is how to create an impact through your life's work. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and others, please share with like-minded folks who actually give a crap about the natural world. NatureWorks podcast is free of all sponsors or advertising, and our aim is to provide honest and unbiased insights into how we can all help protect, restore, and regenerate the natural world. So, Lindsay Boyd, entrepreneur, business developer extraordinaire, also one of my very closest friends for the last 15 years like a sister to me mm-hmm. you know and there's ups and downs with sisters yeah as there are with bigger brothers
0: exactly and
1: although you are older than me as i like to point out uh, by some quite considerable <laughs> degree <laughs> anyway so if you're now an avid fan of the nature Works podcast which why on earth wouldn't you be because we have these incredible people and i'm pretty good at asking questions although we'll see in this next hour. Exactly. Uh, This one's slightly different in that Lindsay's not an environmentalist. She's uh, not by trade. She's not a scientist. She's not an academic. Uh, She's not out there digging holes. In fact, when I took her around the Natureworks farm, uh, the first couple of nights that she got here, she did so with a glass of Aperol spritz in her hand, I think. Or was it a gin and tonic?
0: It was definitely a gin and
1: tonic. So you're a business developer, an entrepreneur, etc. And you're not really the first person that I think of when I think of environmental impact because you've been in the fashion industry for a very large part of your career I have PR yes it's like the two most loathed apart from oil and gas and maybe the meat industry you've then got fashion and PR which is basically taking pointless shit that people (laughs) don't need and
0: spinning
1: spinning a narrative around it to sell it to vulnerable people who don't feel good enough about themselves in a dirty old pair of jeans and a t-shirt they have to buy new season bullshit clothing to make them feel like they're going to fit in in a society that actually doesn't give a shit about them anyway it only cares about how much money they're willing to spend to buy the pointless new crap yeah I say that wearing. <laughs> I was just
0: about to say, is that a new shirts. Hawaiian shirt
1: that you've just bought there?
0: Did you buy one with me last week as I, well, Mike? I didn't. That...
1: <laughs> I didn't buy this shirt actually. Oh, okay, right. This was yep. given to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm already starting to create a certain type of um, profile. Mis- no, a mystique around the shirts here in the in the podcast, and actually, it's getting a bit embarrassing because I now have about eight of them. And of course, when you're running an environmental podcast, you don't want an endless amount of shirts. So this one has been seen before. Oh, this one's pretty cheap and nasty, but, but one of my team bought it for me, huh? which was very good of them. Very so nice. I, so I couldn't turn it down. No. I'll admit at this point, before we you, I give you an opportunity to actually speak, because I know once I stop, I you're, know you're, you're, you're and that'll be it. <laughs> gone. Uh, yeah, gone. You'll be chatting for the rest of the time. Um, but the I have ordered four Patagonia shirts. Oh,
0: you like Patagonia? Patagucci. I love Patagonia. Patagonia.
1: Yeah, but I've ordered Patagonia going because it makes me feel good about spending my money with them because they put so much money into their grassroots would that be
0: circular programs. economy
1: well i don't know that's what you're going to tell me about um but uh just on the point of fashion i mean as you know fashion's not really my thing no but don't say it so with such <laughs> certainty like that. Fashion's not really my thing, and no. I'm kind of proud of that. I like to wear clothes that are practical, and you know, I don't really care what people think of me. Certainly now, at this grand old age, mm-hmm. um, but if I am going to spend money, it's going to be with a company that matters. And for me, as you know, you've known me 15 years and probably every time we've ever gone into a city and done the one thing that I hate doing more than maybe going to the dentist, which is shopping. As you know, you can't get me to go shopping. no, Unless there's a Patagonia store. And then I'll go.
0: And then you can't get him out of there. Then
1: you can't get me out of there. And it's because I buy completely into their ethos. I buy completely into their approach to business. They're transparent. They're trustworthy. They make incredible stuff. Um, And I've got clothes that I've had 20 years from them. It's still... I think they actually age. They're like a good cheese. They get better with age or a good Mm. wine. So I talk about Patagonia and I talk about shopping and PR because this is what this conversation is about. It's about companies that have the ability to impact. It's about companies that are doing well in the world. And I know you're working on something that is so next level, next generation out there to enable companies to make a huge impact. And I've been joking about calling it the asteroid project because it makes so much impact and if you don't get that i'm talking about the asteroid that impacted the earth and wiped out the dinosaurs um which of course anyone listening to nature po- works podcast would have got that because they're an intelligent bunch they would hence they're listening to me yes of nature course. Works podcast. Yes, yes so with all of that said uh why don't you tell people a little bit about your background about your hideous years in fashion pr <laughs> And how it is talk n-
0: about framing. <laughs> and
1: how it is now that you have come to a point where you're working on global level impact projects that even the UN are willing to introduce you uh, over, um, Linz? Okay, it's time for you to speak. Oh, sh- thank you. I'll shut up, Mike. Thank
0: you. Thanks, Mike. Look, as you know, I left school at a very young age. Um, of 15 with no qualifications. And when I was 12, I stood in the kitchen with my mum and I said to my mum, mum, I'm going to leave school. And you know me very well. I come. My parents are traditional from an academic background. And my mum thought I had two heads and asked me what on earth I was going to do with my life. And I said to her, it's all right, I'm going to be like Oprah Winfrey. Now, at the age of 11, <laughs> saying that, to my mum, she really thought that I'd lost the plot. But there was something look at a young age that I saw in Oprah that I thought, oh, that's interesting. I then went on and built four businesses. This is my fourth business. But at the age of 18, I moved into that shallow industry called fashion and retail. And I owned my own shop. And I actually got my first taste of what it was like to build a brand and build a business at that young age. At the age of 20, I then set up a footwear manufacturing business around the world and spent a lot of time in Korea and manufactured shoes. And I was the only woman in the factory. It was the same factory as Nike. And then we distributed those shoes around the world and they had seven distribution channels and I sold the company to Caterpillar when I was 24. And at that age, Like you said, I went on and what I describe as built, renovated, and refreshed some of the most famous brands on the high street. So yes, I worked with people like G-Star, Wrangler, Superdry, pretty much every brand on the high street. And there was a lady that I worked with called Catherine Hamnett that was um, an activist. She went and saw Margaret Thatcher in a slogan t-shirt and she was the one that really stood for farmers And she was the very first woman about 25 years ago that was doing anything with organic cotton when nobody had even heard of organic cotton. And I got to work with Catherine for seven years. And I did a big project with her called No More Fish in the Sea, which we took over the whole of Selfridges. And we did these slogan t-shirts with Kate Moss and Naomi Campbell and all these big celebrities. And they were pretty much the only one. She was the only one in the industry that was doing anything impactful. And in 2011, I was completely fed up. I had been building these businesses, building famous brands, making these companies a shed load of money for a long time. And you're right, it was 20th, 20th century thinking, fast fashion, these businesses only cared about commodities they only cared about commercial gain and i stood there and went i'm out what am i doing this for i have n- i know how to build businesses that was the skill set that i had and i stood and i went i looked at that girl aged 11 and i kind of went okay where's she gone and I'm gonna build a fourth business. And this business, I'm gonna transfer all my knowledge to help companies increase the value, the valuation of their company, but also the main criteria was that they would build a business that would lead with purpose and impact and make a positive change in the world. And my true belief was that I could create, I could shift the world into a new era. I could build brands that were gonna shift industries, shift society and make a positive change and so from 2011 um, to 2016 i well i then went and had business schools running around the world but then just before the pandemic hit i'd had about five and a half thousand businesses go through business schools around the world we were running them in australia canada singapore korea all over the uk and so forth And then the pandemic hit. Now, these companies were coming in and they were normal businesses, but they were all from developed. What do you
1: mean by normal businesses? They
0: were engineers. They were solar panel companies. They were not your high high tech, you know, really uh, change-making breed. These were salt of the earth normal companies and they would come in and they didn't really understand about impact and purpose and building a business model that way but we taught them how to shift their mindset over to 21st century thinking and think about how to build a business model that could be circular, how you could give back to the, whether it was the business or the industry or the country or the demographic that you were in, and not just think about building a business that was commercially gaining for yourself. Now, look, I'm more than happy with people making money. That is part of building a business. But I believe that you can build a business to impact change and actually give back to the community or society. What then happened was the pandemic hit, and my vision was to create One Earth, a place where you could have developed and developing countries come together And it went back to the thought process of my second business, which was the shoe business, where I'd set seven distribution channels up. And look, at a young age of 21 to 25, I learned distribution. The hard way, I have Mm. to say, it was extremely stressful because there were no mentors, but I learned distribution on the job. And I realized with this company, One Earth, that what if I could build a platform where you could teach businesses how to be circular but you could set a distribution channel, a trading platform together, so that these companies could come together for the first time that were purpose-led, impact-led, and trade with each other, no longer just on a commodity, which was what a trading platform would usually do. So I'll sell you an apple and you sell me a pear, but actually bring people together and go, well, I'm here to engineer a better society, or I'm here to find the cure for cancer in dogs, or I'm here to, whatever the purpose is, architect your own health. And who are the other people around the world that I can partner with and trade with to be able to lead with my impact and purpose and make that change? So I launched One Earth, my technology platform in the pandemic and had a couple of thousand businesses come around me in 10 days and started helping them navigate their way around.
1: And a couple of thousand in 10 days? I,
0: I had 2,100 businesses come around me in 10 days.
1: When you say, so these are businesses that you've already yeah. reached out to or you've trained, or they've been through your business school.
0: So, they, so what happened was pre the pandemic, because I'd been running the business schools, I'd also been teaching at the London Stock Exchange, the elite program. And I taught those businesses how to build brand equity value because a lot of them were IPOing. And I also taught for the London mayor's office, how those uh, for three years, how their businesses were going to trade internationally. So I had quite a big network around me, but it was a physical network, not an online network. And when the pandemic hit, I had businesses come around me and they were terrified. Like people were crying. A business in, you know, I can think of one in Australia, 43 million in revenue, very traditional business that had been in my business school and they dropped to zero revenue overnight and people were scared. So they came around me, they knew what, how I could help the businesses and we started teaching them um, over a year process how to literally shift their business model over to go through a pandemic and a recession but actually lead with purpose rather than leading with commodities so a lot of my businesses ended up getting on like channel seven news my guy in australia who was uh, i call him mr tomato man he now how ha- he just got funded by the government a million for his beehives he was um giving he was all about saving the tomato regenerative farming with tomatoes he got on the news because he was giving all his pizzas around the, the city and so forth so
1: okay so we'll go into what the one earth platform looks like and how all that works in a bit but let's just rewind a little bit to the idea of businesses that lead with impact or lead with this idea of impacting first of all you said uh, about 10 minutes ago that uh, you have no problem with people making money in business of course yeah but business is there to make money because if there's no money there is no business. Pe- Agreed. People go out of work. People don't have jobs. Bills have to be paid. You know, all your suppliers end up. You know, you with no money. There's no business. We've seen this again yeah. and again and again. Yeah. Um, so money has to be the number one priority. But the the I guess what the distinction here is is that how do we make money as the priority, but on maybe an uh, an almost equal footing that it is benefiting the world. The problem I have right now is that um, so I you know I work in a company, laconic, based out of Chicago. We are proud to say we're an ESG company, environmental, social, governance, and everything that we do. We're we we're, we're registered as a to be a B Corp. We haven't got the registration through yet, but everything we do is for the public good. And when I sit with my team. And we discuss what other companies are doing, as you do, to see what the competition is doing and everything else. All we see is greenwashing bullshit. I agree, right? And the one thing I'm proud about this company that I'm in, and it will probably sound like greenwashing bullshit, now, <laughs> is that we're not doing any greenwashing <laughs> bullshit. You know, my CEO jumped at the opportunity for us to put a huge amount of money into agricultural land here to restore it, with absolutely no return on income to come Mm -hmm. out of that. Because I said to him, the local community needs a model. The local community needs to see that we can go organic. The local community needs to see how they can clean their waterways. The local community needs employment. Obviously he's got to run it through his, his financial projections, but let's go, let's do it. They're not going to make any money back from it. We ain't selling tomatoes locally and making money from this. We will do it. Let's do it. Everything we're doing, of course, in business. Profit or yeah, revenues have to come first. Everything we're doing is legitimately for the benefit of the planet, as far as we can tell. Mm -hmm. There may be some unintended consequences. So, when you've got two thousand companies coming to you, all saying they want to impact, is it not a fear response where they're going, shit? Right now, the number one way for us to make money is to pretend that we give a rat's backside. I've already swore three times in this <laughs> podcast now, which is a problem because Grace, who's our producer, is gonna uh, is gonna kick my butt for doing that because she told me not to swear. Um, it's because I'm so used to, of course, f bombing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Grace. So, so my skepticism over two thousand companies is that maybe one some tiny little percentage of those companies are actually doing it because they want to make impact. The rest are doing it because they want to make more money whilst declaring that they're making impact the great greenwashing or the great social washing system um am i correct in that assumption so
0: let me just explain most of them come to me not for purpose most of them haven't even got a clue about impact and what we teach them is how to build an ethical business model that drives in what I describe as the end-to-end of the whole of the business model. So when I go and teach at the stock exchange, I teach them brand equity value, What you're talking about with your company is the brand equity value of the business, which doesn't sit on the balance sheet. It's not tangible. There's no, it doesn't, you can't see it, but it's called an asset. And what I'm able to do is calculate the asset commercially and culturally, so that you can see the ROI for sales, awareness, and value, but also purpose, legacy, and impact. And so when I work with these businesses, they'll come in. And the main thing that I say to them is, if you want a branding exercise, go to a branding agency. We don't do branding. I've never done branding in my life. And building your business... Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. You wrote the book, (laughs) The Business of Brand.
0: Yeah, brand is the business model, not branding, which is the logo. Which is the
1: logo and stuff. Okay, got it. So
0: what I teach people is to build an end-to-end business model. Now, we have a lot of B Corp companies and I've I, I know a lot of the b corp team and we are the ethical business model they do the certification so a lot of the people that go into b corp come onto my program to learn how to drive purpose and impact into the business model now yes i help the businesses increase their valuation there was a guy that came to me um he was 12 million in revenue. I built him out, uh, you know, an investor document and he sold for 96 million. Over what? Plumbing company.
1: <laughs> so, wait, so you built him out an investor document? And then from the document to the new evaluation. Yeah. He's he do For 96 million. What did you do? I mean, for though I mean, I'm sorry if there'll be plenty of people now wondering what the hell this has to do with an environmental <laughs> podcast. And maybe it doesn't, but I need to know. Okay. So, so what do you do from 12 million to 96 million, which let's face it, is based on the, uh, the, the buyer perceiving the value
0: Oh, great! because
1: that you can't generate unless you said it was over five years you can't generate 12 to 96 million dollars in, in in increased value unless it's perception unless he hired a thousand people and got a lot more contacts. So
0: the main thing that you're looking to do there's three layers that i talk about when you build a brand the first one is you need to find the asset of the company what's going to increase the value where are the assets um most people will talk about assets and they'll say the assets in the brand, in the product, in the channel, in the sales system. What I do is then link that to the purpose and the impact. so what's going to get you out of bed in the morning and then connect that with the emotional air, the emotional journey of the customer. When you do that and then design the commercial model behind that, the products, tangible and intangible, the channel, the route to market and the sales system and the infrastructure around that, I can then look at where the business is today and then what is the business going to be in in the future And then once you design up to the future to understand, okay, you may have started out being um, a plumbing business, but you end up being helping people to understand about how to live a more fulfilling life or whatever, then you turn back to where your business is today and remodel the whole business to, to be able to then design it out for tomorrow.
1: Okay, but that sounds really conceptual. And I don't understand how a plumbing business can help people that wasn't his purpose. No. no. Okay. All right. So, so which is a bit of a sends us down a bit of a r- wrong rabbit hole. So, what was the? Because we're not talking about the actual plumber. And I know everyone, every one of these companies are talking about is legitimate. I know you, you know, this, you're not just pulling these out of your. No, I've got that. Uh, mystery. Of them. No, I know you do. Yeah. I know you do. That's why you're in here. Oh, uh, thank you. On uh, the, na- on the uh, nature work. Only the most podcast. validated of people, <laughs> people. Step in here, Lindsay. I tell you. Um, but. Um, what give me the real example from a plumbing <coughs> company perspective how do they end up stepping into a intention of purpose that, uh, is impactful and beneficial to, I, I guess it's more to society rather than the environment, is yeah, it? Yeah,
0: so they were more to society. Yeah. Whereas, so, what
1: would give us an example of what? So, they,
0: their thing was around the people, so the culture of the organization, right. and the main thing internally, them, internally, and also the plumbers. Like, so, their whole thing was about well being, and their thing was about how do you drive from a place of just being a plumbing business, but you know, very good revenue and so forth to look at how do you increase the well-being, the work, the well-being of the people? How do you look at um, showcasing that in the brand? How do you bring that onto an online platform? Job
1: satisfaction. Job satisfaction. How retention. do you showcase?
0: How do you build all the brands of the plumbers so that you can see who they are, that so that they're not just faceless plumbers and so forth? How do you then build that onto a tech platform? How can they those plum, plumbers then build out learning programs and so mm. forth?
1: So, in all these companies that you're working with, where is the f- focus that is related more to environmental impact and climate change and all the really big problems yeah. that are relevant not just to this podcast, but me yeah. personally? I mean, I you know I worked for over a decade as a coach and I've worked in organisations, as you know, and all of that stuff. And uh, I, I've y- pe- you've got to look after your people, number one, but unless you look after the planet there aren't, there's nothing left for people agreed right we have to look at it in a hierarchy that you can talk about well we have to have growing economies great but if the planet there's no oxygen left if there's no fish in the ocean if there's no trees on the hills yeah there's no point having a growing economy because we're all going to perish yeah. over not in decades but certainly over hundreds and hundreds of years and i would like to think that my great 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 grandchildren actually look back and go, oh, yeah, that was the generation that did it. So the the impact for me that I'm really interested in is the environmental impact. Where do those businesses start putting their attention?
0: So look, the journey was that I wanted to create the face of modern business, but ultimately the face of the modern world. My belief was that everybody should be seen and heard, no matter where you lived or the demographic that you lived in. And developed and developing countries it shouldn't just be that the privileged should be able to get that it should have been that whoever you are it doesn't mean that
1: to be seen and heard yeah get to be
0: seen and heard it doesn't mean that everybody's going to be successful but at least everybody can be seen and heard so the journey evolved for me from the plumbing company but the journey evolved for me where we I was always building ethical business models and even in fashion PR in fashion PR, I was looking at how to integrate the purpose. So I started out with the journey with Catherine Hamnett and so forth and yeah. realized... I do
1: remember you mentioning her years ago and how your connection to her. And, and, and I do she, also remember some the of same her products birthday. and everything. And yeah.
0: um, but as it evolved out, my main thing was how do we drive a circular economy? how how am i because i'm building that type of business model anyway how do we look at bringing industries together and societies together to be able to make the change so i brought together recently 10 global chambers on my one earth platform and built them a government Yeah,
1: chambers. Government
0: chambers. So, not local. No, 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 no. Government chambers. So, Indonesia, Singapore, Netherlands, um, Africa, uh, Zimbabwe, um, UK. uh, UK, So, Glasgow is the leader. So, uh, that we launched it at COP twenty six with the Glasgow, Glasgow Chambers and we wanted to create a legacy project where we could bring initially 10 global chambers together to race to net zero.
1: One second. I know I told you that we only had an hour, but you don't need to speak so fast. Okay. I, uh, I just need to be clear. I was telling you to race in this, but I think we'll be all right. We can always go over it a little bit.
0: Um, so I brought to get, so with a man called Richard Muir, who headed up the Glasgow Chambers, I brought ten global chambers around the world and we decided we were going to build a city on my earth. And that meant that On your they, digital earth. On my digital one yeah, earth. We haven't it's a digital yeah,
1: one earth. There's a digital one earth that's been built, which is a essentially a digital twin of this planet that we live on.
0: Yes. And so in this city, they were going to bring businesses in and we were going to help them to understand how to race to net zero. So that meant the best practices from each country. Each country is running a month. So, Glasgow starts with rege- regenera- regeneration. Um, we've got Israel doing food. Regeneration of what? Regeneration of farming, regen- right. uh, or, you know, all different Regenerate types. Regenerative agriculture. Regen- right. Yeah. Um, you've got Israel doing food tech, you've got Singapore looking at green finance, and they're running the month where they're running roundtables, keynotes, discussions, helping to give the best practice to all the different businesses that sit in all the different chambers around the world, in their city.
1: Okay, let me just let me just because it's quite uh tricky for people to track probably. So you've built something called One Earth. One Earth. This is a a digital twin of planet Earth. Yes. The purpose of One Earth is so that there can be a digital twin for companies and for countries even or cities to have their own digital real estate yeah but the ultimate purpose of it is so that they can connect more fluidly yes and they can trade in the digital world uh, at a different level of value to previously unvalued types of assets and i don't mean commodities i mean activities i mean it's a bit like the carbon trading market right where previously a decade ago, nobody had the faintest idea that the sequestration of carbon into the root systems of plants and the soil was actually going to be worth something. This has come out of thin air. Yeah. Um, and it could also be one of the most valuable tools in a um, fight against climate change over the long term. Anyway, so you're, you're taking these indistinguishable, up to now, types of assets that a country or a town or a village or a, or a business may have, and you're making those available to be traded on an online platform, is yes. that right? On Earth. On and, Earth. And anyone, I don't know if there's a criteria for entry, <laughs> but anyone can come and buy a piece of that Earth, and then they can set themselves up, and then other people can see them there. Now, if I go down a high street, Most of the shops, unless it's Patagonia, um, or an organic (laughs) cafe, etc., they're gonna be invisible to me. Yeah. Like I am the most unmarketable person that I know. No one's gonna be able to market anything. Could you
0: imagine if they were all Patagonia?
1: Well, I that I'd never get anything done with it. No, be in those shops. (laughs) All (laughs) of a sudden we turn you into a shopper. (laughs) Shit Oh that's four. That's force. Words, but on a serious like. note. But but no. But just bef- that before I hand that back to you, because I want to be really clear for people, because yes. I have a little bit of knowledge about this, you do. and I so uh, and I also struggle to track it sometimes because it's such a big project that you created. So if I go down a high street and there's 50 different stores, I may st- one may st- pop out for me. Yes. I'm probably critiquing all the way down because I don't like fas- fa- fast fashion. I don't like cheap industrialized food. I'm very privileged to be able to say that. I don't like stuff that is overly packaged, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I am a discerning shopper. Um, you've obviously set a criteria to entry yes. in your world. So this is a utopian world. It's one that, it, well, it is in a way, from an environmental and impact perspective. You're not getting in if you sell cigarettes, Correct.
0: Yeah, unless you're going to do something around that that is so impactful that it's not going to give, cause you cancer and, nicot- uh, qu- and and kill people, and do something that you that is proving the environment in an, in a way that is sustainable.
1: Okay, but let's say I'm an oil and gas company.
0: Yeah, you're not going to get in.
1: Right. So if Shell comes to you and says, Lindsay, here's ten million dollars for a massive patch of no of your uh, of your digital earth you say no
0: unless shell is deciding to do something in a completely different sphere than what they're doing today
1: okay so they could if they if they're going to invest a billion dollars into a hydrogen system for instance then you would allow
0: the hydrogen side of that that they're investing the money into to come and participate and show to us what the purpose and impact is to be able to trade.
1: Okay right so now we've got that somewhat clear the companies that are already in how do they utilize this platform to trade and whether they find value in it. And you don't have to talk, I know you said before you come in, you didn't want to talk about specific companies at this point. I've seen them, they exist, this is a real thing. We're not making this up, you know, we haven't been um, uh, drinking too much coffee. Well, we probably have drunk too much coffee. And we haven't had any gin and tonics today. No,
0: but we might have one later. Yeah,
1: Uh, and Lindsay's been here for three and a half weeks now, (laughs) staying uh, at my home and she leaves today. So we're cramming this podcast in right at the last minute Um, because we've been having so much fun up until now. So. Yeah. Talk about the value and how it gets exchanged and what actually happens and why that is beneficial and impactful to environment and climate change and everything that we're facing.
0: So it's an integrated community system. Typically, you would have had something like Facebook or LinkedIn is the best way of describing it, where they're all in silo. Everybody on that platform is broadcasting to their community and they're selling something. What we've built is an integrated community system. So we have business leaders, industry leaders, societal leaders and world leaders. And they're all on the one platform. The criteria is you can come on and be a single individual person. You do not have... Oh, you can? Oh, yeah. So I
1: could have my own little plot. You
0: can have your own little house. We can have a nature
1: works farm...
0: Art and yeah.
1: podcast room on there as well.
0: Well, that's the, the vision is to build a, a whole pod, uh, radio station on the earth, so everybody can have the different podcasts on there, um, and we would love to invite NatureWorks on. Thank that. you very <laughs> much. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can have your own. We, we say you can either have your own house. You you might come on and go. Oh, we might actually quite like to build our own land, and we'll invite different people into our land. Yes, of course you can do that. A little commune. You could have a, you, should, you could, and I'd like to be would, in, i yeah, yeah, commune? like would love to be in your commune.
1: We've talked about communes for a long <laughs> yes. time, haven't we? Yeah.
0: Um, otherwise, so that's an individual person. Um, otherwise, I have um, a lady called Julie King. Julie King lives in Australia. She's been in the travel industry for the last 30 years. 8 years and very well known in the industry. She was all about reshaping the future of travel. The travel industry got decimated and how do you create sustainability? How do you look at what's going on in travel? How do you create a cleaner travel and so forth? She brought 47 advocates, but each advocate has 1,000 to 100,000 people in their network globally. They then come into her city. They all come together to talk about what they can do in the travel industry, but they're also helping to campaign together, trade together and learn together to understand how to reshape the future of travel. So instead of having to lobby to governments to say, please make this change, what we're doing is building the communities together And if you have enough people in these communities leading the change, you don't need to go and lobby to anyone anymore. You can make the change through the impact in society and then brands typically move to change because enough of the consumer is demanding the change. Now, she's in the travel sector. We have an oceans one. We have a bees one.
1: I want to talk to you about the bees, yeah.
0: Um, We we have my beautiful guy, Sav, the bees in Australia. We have um, one that's uh, looking to open with us, which is all about uh, women in football and being able to really support um, ethical football and how that works. We have the chambers with the global chambers, with the 10 global chambers. What you're then able to do is cross-pollinate using the bee analogy and (laughs) and be able to bring the travel industry with the oceans or the bees with the chambers or you know whoever it might be and because when you go up to a higher level and look at waste or sustainability or what's going on in travel or something that's going on in the oceans there's a lot of different topics that go across different industries or societies and because we've got Hundreds of people inside these cities, each one can come together, and then they're able to learn and trade together in a different way.
1: Okay, so the obvious part of all this, or the unobvious part, the obvious question for me is: How on earth do you interact with it? Because what is it on my phone? Is it my laptop? Is it what's the what's the user experience? Because it's one thing to walk down a high street and be surrounded by stores and prospects but there's another to come into the digital world so what's the the i know you've been working on this for years Years. and and i know you're a perfectionist so (laughs) i can only imagine that the user experience is an extremely i saw your deck beforehand and it's one of the best decks i've ever seen and i've seen hundreds of business decks from my time working in um you know in la and amongst startups and done a few business decks myself but yeah yours is incredible so what's the user experience how do people interact with it if they were interested in having their own little plot on
0: so it's a gamified yeah. world um i have i've been working on this i visioned it out in uh, in 2011 um and i've and i you know i raised my first money to build it in 2016 um you come on you get an avatar you're or you can be yourself if you want but you can create an avatar you then get a virtual house your house gets put onto a street so it could be in australia or canada or singapore wherever you are i
1: can choose where i live
0: you can choose where does,
1: you does the does the <clears> space run out over time like the real world or do you just keep building up or you know
0: so keep... you can keep build it so you could start with a house and go okay lindsay i want my own city um we are going to be doing islands and i'm hoping to bring barley on there i've been i got i got flown out to mauritius to to speak in Mauritius. So Mauritius are looking to come on and take Mauritius. Um, So that's very cool. So the real estate is
1: related to the real world, is it? It's not, you don't have fictional islands on there and fictional You have a virtual house. Yeah, no, but what I mean is, is that, Singapore is where Singapore should be and its size is relevant relative to the real.
0: So Singapore is where Singapore is. It's a global earth and so on. And you then go into Singapore and then the streets uh, with houses. And so you can choose whether you want to start off with a house or you may go, do you know what? I'm nature works and I would actually love to come on and have my own city or I might do my own farm and we could create you a farm and you might bring different people into your village and build it out that way. The main thing for us is we get people trading together. That's my number one thing, because when I can get people trading together, they're then going to go and impact the change. And I don't know any platform that's been able to bring developed and developing countries together and be able to get them trading on one platform. And that was my vision of building One Earth.
1: Okay, so I come on, I build out uh, a heca- <laughs> 10 hectare natureworks farm um i don't know what's growing on it because i don't know how well the good good the soil is wherever i've built this thing um but and in fact that's a good question so i've i've bought farmland what's the relevance of that to the real world and where is this trading going on because it's not all just make-believe there's real money involved here there's real people's lives and livelihoods and and there's it Impact which we're gonna get onto, but what the hell am I trading? Yeah. And and <sighs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> So um the next layer of the platform that's about to be built is the trade side. So you will be able to trade time, knowledge or money. And so time means you will be able to gift to somebody X amount of your time. So you may go in in the time bank. So you'll go, I'm gonna give you one hour, three hours, five hours of my time. Knowledge means I'm gonna share knowledge to a value. So you may go, hey, Lindsay, help me build out my business. And I'll go, hey, Mike, teach me about regenerative and so forth. And we will trade to the value of our knowledge. I'm not going to give you money you're not going to give me money but we're going to trade to the value.
1: The tax man's not going to like this, you know.
0: <laughs> in Bali it's excellent tax over here. Indonesia <laughs> so
1: is a very, a very very good place very to live. Very
0: good place to live. From tax perspective. Tax perspective. Digital yep. nomads coming in here which is a wonderful thing for the Great country. Idea, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Um, or you can trade money and that means I can pay for something. Think about it being Shopify for purpose is the best way that I've I never describe been it. on
1: Shopify, but...
0: Okay, Mike, I know you're not a shopper. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I haven't, I've never been no. on Shopify. So, so don't.
0: it means that, but instead of you showcasing your commodity, like I'm selling my top, you're saying, my engineers, I'm engineering a better society. Would you like to participate? So somebody could go, oh, I'll, I'd like to get involved in that. I'll give you three hours of my time. Or I'm an architect of some description. I want to share knowledge with you doesn't have to be an architect or I'm just going to pay for something and they're doing all amazing impact engineering projects and I'm just going to give money.
1: And so where's the where's the environmental benefit in all of this?
0: So the main thing it's a circular business model so everything that we build with people and the business models that come in give back to the community so or society or the industry you know julie she's giving she's doing a whole circular thing around giving back to the industry
1: the travel industry the travel industry,
0: industry yeah. yeah so every single model is about how do you build circular back into the community or environment and so forth and so you're not having a company on our platform just as an engineer but they're showcasing being Engineering a better society. And when you come onto the platform, everybody is showcased as their purpose. So nobody's on there saying, I'm an engineer, I'm a fashion designer, or whatever. They're each one showcased as their purpose. And then you look at the business model, and then each one is about giving back to the circular side.
1: I'll get onto that in a minute
0: what's that
1: that is the race to impact the world <laughs> which i said you should call meteorite or <laughs> or, or asteroid um because meteorites are too small um so you're a, you're one of the most caring compassionate decent people i know i say Thank that you. hand on heart but not but and you're also a businesswoman yeah and a hustler <laughs> you are Right. I mean, you've, uh, and I mean that in the nice, I uh, know. Uh, to, hus- to yeah, hustle yeah. to me is a, co- uh,
0: uh, it's a compliment. I agree.
1: Right. You, you're <laughs> out there shaking trees and you're busting your ass off yeah. and you've had big businesses and you've sold them and you've moved on and you've started again and you've been, you've stuck by business partners who've been, you know, at the bottom of the barrel. You are somebody who you want by your side when you're in business. And obviously you, you, as a business person, is quite easy to stay, be so focused on your business baby that you can, in many cases, you can sort of justify or look aside to some of the problems that the business creates. Um, I'll give you an example of what what I mean about that. Some years ago, when I was a coach, I had a lady come to me who wanted a career change, who worked at one of the very large top three uh, cigarette companies and in fact, she was Israeli and she came through our good friend, Gilad. Oh. So it was one of his okay. good friends. Yeah. Um, but I remember speaking to her. She said, I wanna get out of the tobacco industry because we're marketing to underage people, children in Latin America. And that is not something that I can have on my conscience. And I also don't wanna be working here. And I said, well, I don't know how anyone works in the tobacco industry with a conscience and she said, because most of them are decent people who are just putting their kids through schools or they're looking after their parents or they're you know, we all have the ability to justify what we do. And you can also say, well, if somebody doesn't do that oil deal or arms deal, if I don't do it, somebody else will. So I may as well do it. Um, Where do you see your blinkers? to working with all these businesses that are saying they want to impact the world. We've already established that a majority of them, or maybe, no, we haven't established a majority, but a percentage of them will definitely be just doing it to make bottom line. Some of them genuinely do want to make an impact. But where do you see your own blinkers when you're running these businesses and creating, developing these businesses where it it it's business first and planet second? And I ask you that because I ask this question of myself almost every day day or two working in the business room to just to check like to really ensure that have I really stepped out of a different world where it was all about making money into a new one where it's about having impact where it's about helping change the world because I care so much about my kids and their future and your kids and their future that if I don't do it I will die a guilty man Mm. that's why I'm doing all of this because I don't want to die a guilty man I want to feel like I was a part of it yeah right but I also know that I've got blinkers sometimes and I go well you know I get paid to do this and i get a wage and i need to make money and yeah and so where do we where do where do you draw where where are you blinkered in this or where could where's where's the drawback in what you're doing
0: i think if i was going to build a business that was about commercial gain only there is not a cat in hell's chance i would have ever picked this one right no way no. Why, why would I do that to myself? This is not the business for that. Not that it won't make money because I've got a smart brain and I know how to commercialize things. So, of course. But my driver, a bit like you, was I was on my fourth business. I'd already built businesses. It wasn't any more about like, oh, I need to now do another business to prove myself that I can build a business because I kind of ticked that box. The main thing, and that's why I started the conversation with, I genuinely felt like I was here to shift the world. I genuinely felt a bit like you. If I lay on that deathbed and I haven't done something to shift the world with the knowledge that I've got of how to build businesses and how to do this, then I failed. I failed my kids, I failed I Failed everyone around. And so, look, I woke up one morning, I was in Mallorca, and I kind of said to Gary, who you know very well, and uh, husband, my yeah. husband, and I said to him, have you got a pen? And I sat down and I literally in five hours drew out the One Earth platform, I've still got it on my iPad. And I knew that there was something greater that was needed to be able to bring people and industries and society together. For me, it's not the easiest business model. It's probably one of the hardest business models I've ever tried to create. And when um, Facebook came out with the metaverse, my lady, Claudia Edelman, who I've worked with for many years, she's been in the UN for 22 years, she rang me up and said, oh my God, you built a purpose metaverse. You were four years ahead of him and i don't think anybody realized what you were doing and
1: it's not hard uh, to be ahead of that that, i get that right of
0: course but the reality is that um my blind spot genuinely is that i don't know whether my brain and my vision and so forth is so forward thinking that the world needs to catch up with where i believe this can be at and but I'll, I'll tell you what, I will die trying my damnedest to make sure that when I lay on that deathbed, I have managed to bring developed and developing countries together so people can be seen and heard, so they can trade in a way that is ethical and sustainable and that people can build circularly.
1: Some years from now, maybe it's two, maybe it's ten, I think our children will look at us and go, thank you for... Going into this line of business and doing what you could to make the world a better place rather than just selling cigarettes, for instance, to use the metaphor or to use the reference that I came up with earlier. So this is the race to impact the world. Board game. It's a board game. Now... As you've noticed the last three weeks. He's ignored it completely. I don't completely. play, but because I don't <laughs> play board games. No. In fact, I think they should be spelt B-O-R-E-D. Boring games. It's been really <laughs> difficult with my two beautiful sons, who I want nothing more than, than to spend time with. And, Dad, can we play Monopoly? And I'm like, oh, I really just like board games. I did play Monopoly once with them. Well done. Thank you. And you guys have all been playing cards, whilst I hasten to add, I've been working. Nearly every night, actually. Every single night. Yeah, you've been playing cards. Mm. I haven't played cards with you because I go to the office every single night. Mm. Um, But there's a board game in here. Mm. Why don't you tell us what this is all about? This is not product placement, by the way. It's not intentional. (laughs) It
0: actually isn't.
1: It's not, but um, this actually is a part of the conversation we just spoke about. And why did you choose a board game, first of all?
0: For people that um, had worked with me, it was always a massive passion that I created a family board game that would help people understand how to lead with impact and purpose. And I really wanted to pass on the knowledge to kids. And look, at the heart of everything I do is education. You know that. Like I am an educator. And my biggest passion was what if I could teach kids that they were no longer just building out a business, but they were a brand and that they could lead with purpose themselves, which is this Google fame side. So instead of them going online and thinking that they were going to be kim kardashian or somebody like that no i know you love her mike
1: i actually don't i know i do know what she looks like it's not true i know but there's another one who's even more famous than her who i don't know what that, right. what she looks like i know kim kardashian's the one with the very curvy one.
0: yeah yeah that's right i'm just yeah. I'm, I'm but there's another realigning. one
1: isn't there that's even more famous is that right
0: uh i don't know kim kardashian is pretty famous is so the whole reason for the board game was to teach teach families actually together, how to build a profile that could lead with purpose. And then when they got to the middle of the board, how they were going to then build how they were going to buy businesses that were impact businesses and then when they get to the center of the game how they could be guru fame and trade the money and sell the companies and get impact points and the race was around how the person with the most impact wins the game and it took and it I used my method that I've been using for many years of building a business and I adapted it to creating a board game. It was an absolute love project because it took me about three years and in the pandemic as well, it was very difficult to create because you have to play the game and here, yeah, it, here, here it, is. it is.
1: So without, because a lot of people will listen to this on, just on audio. Yeah. It's a podcast, even though we are. Uh, using video to record. Yeah. So in front of me is a uh, a board, I guess, for want of a better description, um, with one, two, three circles within each other. And it says on here things such as Google fame, Google fame, Google fame. Are you allowed to use the word Google it on Goog- your board?
0: Yeah, here? to Google it is a verb.
1: Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Well, I know it is, but it's not a trademarked term. Well,
0: no, because Google fame is you're Google famous. That's meaning that you're on Google famous.
1: Then you've got industry fame. And then you've got guru fame, which in the middle it says you have reached guru fame. And then there's a whole bunch of square, well, oh, look, that Mm. pops over. (laughs) You have impacted the world. What are you known for? So just give us a uh, a general overview of, of what this in aims to do if i if i'm buying this for my kids what are the benefits to my children and what age are we talking eight plus it says on
0: yeah that. so the main benefit is and and this is what i teach people what do you want to be known for so it's not about having a career that's just around a skill but it's around what do you want to be known for? So, if Kai wants to be a climber Kai's, as an example, with my son, son, then I say to him, "Well, what does that mean? Okay, so you want to support the mountains, you want to help other people climb. What is it that you're known for?" So, when you pick a character in this, and you can see at the side, there's lots of different. You can be a doctor, an activist, a YouTuber, a sports. I'm glad person. you put a zoologist on there. Zoologist. I'm glad to be a zoo- zoologist.
1: Is it being a YouTuber as a thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah, massively. Isla, my daughter, wants to be a YouTuber. And so or actress and do You so feel like forth. you
1: failed as a parent when she says she wants to be a YouTuber. Uh,
0: well then I say to her, So what do you want to be known for? So her thing is about kids learn stuff. And it's all around how she teaches kids to learn stuff. So she's got loads of different videos around that. So the main thing for the game is first teaching kids how you show up. So if you show up like Kim Kardashian or whatever, you lose points. If you do something <laughs> I him- don't
1: even know what that means. Hold on a second, hold on. <laughs> because uh, and if kim listen kim no we love if you if kim if you're listening but... <laughs> which I, I I very much doubt you are <laughs> but you know no, nothing personal i don't know anything like about you except that you married i was about to say jay-z that's not the guy's name but yeah. you married a you're married to a famous rapper and you come from a very i think it is jay-z actually okay, okay, Jay-Z. Beyonce. i'm not very really good with popular media um so kim and your husband Jay Z, and it's not Jay Z; it's the other fella. No, it's. Yeah. um
0: I think she divorced him.
1: Right, she divorced Jay Z. The
0: the one that's not Jay Z, but they got divorced. Okay,
1: so anyway, Kim, this isn't about you, but go on. What? Why do you lose points if you turn up as Kim? What if you are Kim playing as Kim?
0: <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, then. Hopefully, then you're leading with
1: purpose. I'm going to tag this video <laughs> and Kim podcast Kardashian. with Kim Kardashian in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the main thing is that you gain points if you're building your profile. So you'll see this card, It's uh, you have to build something for your brand, create partnerships, do something social and and create products. And then there's lots of different activities that you need to do in order to be able to achieve that. And so as you go along, if you do things impactful then online, Google Fame you create your Google Fame then you get more points if you do something that's just synthetic fame you lose points Well who you-
1: sets the criteria between synthetic fame and isn't that a little bit um, yeah, judgmental aren't you aren't you imposing your own value judgment on people
0: no, because what you're looking at doing is you have different things that you create and win. So look here, you, your latest product wins an industry award. Or
1: does anyone care about industry
0: awards? Yeah, they do, and they do in in your, industry. Yeah, massively. Yeah. Oh my gosh, do you know how many people pay to get industry awards? I mean, oh, it's well, a massive under, under thing. the table? Yeah, of course. Lynn, Speaking so on, you,
1: are you are you revealing corruption in certain? No, industries, I
0: would so? never do that. Okay. Meet the British, that the, <laughs> <you're talking about? laughs>
1: the British royal family. British no. royal family you lose points for that.
0: Uh, that's that's when you've done something. Endorse your favorite wait, wait, brand. Wait. Wait. Meet
1: the British royal family. Is that meant to be something? Uh, is that a, val- a higher valued? event
0: that's something of a value that that you're there that's that a you, good thing is it yeah that's a good
1: thing oh wow okay
0: that's a good thing they're i mean i've got
1: nothing against actually the they're doing family. some
0: great things no, no no
1: you know i actually so i'm not a royalist um i'm actually i grew up you know in a council house to a lower working class not always working uh, a lower class family and so i have sort of um uh something of an inbuilt developed aversion to in extreme inherited uh, wealth and position but over the years because like it's often said that you know by the time you hit your mid-30s and you've been working your backside off and you've got a family you become a conservative and i don't think that's <laughs> too far from the truth <laughs> i think that's pretty it's pretty accurate, accurate. Yeah, yeah 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 it's pretty accurate um i'm not a conservative yeah. i'm not political at all but um I actually do think that the royal family do a very good job of showing their commitment and their um, sense of duty to the country. Beyond that, I don't know what gets up behind behind on what goes on behind closed doors. So, uh, actually, Charles's Ducci brand, Ducci. Yeah. He has a brand. Oh, Ducci, oh du- D- Dutchie. Sorry, sorry Dutchie. darling.
0: Darling, Dutchie. Dutchie. Dutchie.
1: But Dutchie just sounds like <laughs> a rip off of Gucci. <laughs>
0: okay, well, Dutch. I thought you were
1: talking about clothing brand No, the Dutchie
0: brand. The Dutchie brand, yes. Brand, yes, yes but Dutchie yes. for the ones that yeah. are from the north. Um, He's massive. He was one of the first people to be doing uh, yeah. organic farming 25 yeah, years absolutely. ago.
1: And talking to plants. And, and, to- I'm, and I mean that actually
0: sincerely sincerely yeah. yeah he
1: talked to plants and plays music to them and he got a lot of, he got a bad right. rap for that he did
0: but now he doesn't when he's the biggest brand in waitress is he oh far and oh aw- yeah i mean most of the brands in there are his brand now is that right yeah he is and it's all organic and of, i used to love his dutchy uh, duchy, um
1: dutchy 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 surely <laughs> it's the duchy of <laughs> it's not dookie is it even though he's a Duke, he's Charles he's beyond due. What
0: we're saying is The
1: Duchess of York. We salute you. Um Yeah, I would I wouldn't bow. But I would I think you would. No, I wouldn't bow. No, no I wouldn't bow. No. I don't bow b- no. in front of before people. But I would, you give I a would be nod. very respectful. Respectful. Well, of respectful. course I would use the word sir. Of course, yes. but I wouldn't bow. I would no. never no. in fact uh, and there's another story to that, but I won't go into it. Uh, S- when I was banned from somewhere in Mallorca for not bowing oh, to, okay. uh, yeah. uh, a, pro- a appropriately to right. royals, yes. Well, we'll move on from that. I don't that. bow to people. So um, when... Meet the British Royal Family Okay so we'll move on from that Because we've killed that one uh, Partnerships Raise awareness of your cause or a new social media pro- Okay so I get so it So that's
0: this layer
1: yeah. When
0: you get into the industry layer You're then buying impact businesses So it's teaching kids How to buy impact businesses And when you get into the middle layer The guru fame layer That's when you've got your foundation And all the businesses So support a homeless charity That provides rooms in four star hotels I like that. back a construction business that achieves its purpose of engineering a better society run a joint campaign with a purpose-led bracelet business to spread positivity around the world these are all our businesses
1: oh they're real businesses they're all oh, real nice.
0: businesses nice. from our schools around the world that have impacted change when uh, you've won an award for your documentary for global social media star about finding a cure for cancer in dogs that's rodney in canada um partner with a tv doctor do you remember who that is I do who indeed. has written four global best-selling books on how to care for your own health mm. mr rongan chatterjee yep. uh, so all of these this is our um, uh, this is a company that's all about Christmas and the magic of Christmas, honouring childhood forever. So they're all businesses. And what we did was we showcased all the businesses, not all, I mean, there's about 40 of them, but a, a number of the businesses um, in the board game so that it taught kids about what did a business mean. And then we're setting up a website so people can actually see the businesses and talking about Aren't the you Are you concerned that
1: you're just making a bunch of... Um of uh, little capitalists.
0: Capitalists?
1: Yeah, capitalists. You're, you're teaching children to be building businesses and, and to, I mean, to build a business, you have to be a capitalist, right? You have to deploy capital to make capital.
0: The, <laughs> the main thing that I wanna do <laughs> is teach kids that they don't need to go and get a job with somebody else. They can if they want to, but they don't have to. And they don't have to, But they can, again, if they want to, go to university. There are other ways of building a business. And I'm an entrepreneur and you're an entrepreneur. We both left school at a very young age. And there is another route. I'm not saying that's the route for everyone. Mm. But if you're going to go down the entrepreneur route and the business route, rather than just thinking about a commercial gained business or just around a skill. Selling widgets. Selling something. Think about oh, okay. this actually this board game is there to help you to understand and educate. I might lead with purpose and impact. I might build something around what I want to be known for. Oh, it doesn't just have to be an app or a widget or whatever. Actually, I can do something that's going to get me out of bed in the morning. I am going to lead with my purpose and I'm going to do something that I really care about. And you asked me the question in the kitchen, Lindsay, are you are you doing what you want to do? If you had all the money in the world, would you still be doing it? And I would. This is this is the legacy. This is the this is the this is the thing that gets me up in the morning. And if I can help one family, one kid, 10 kids, 100 kids understand that you can do that, then maybe it might set people on the right track to be able to build a business in a different way.
1: Very well said. And I know that you're genuinely authentically that that what you just said is true about your your purpose. Yeah. Um, I would hasten to add, though, that uh, for the last three weeks, it's the local chickens that have been getting you up in the morning. Uh, not this. Oh, yeah. And the... the rural the... barley sounds. <laughs> yeah. The birds. It's the... Well, what, one fi- yeah, the, the, the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In your room Six above your head. o'clock in the morning. Yeah, five o'clock in the morning.
0: Actually, 5.45. Um, yeah. uh,
1: before we start wrapping this up, no pun intended because it's a ball Broad game. Uh, I meant the podcast. <laughs> So you see all these businesses, and you are very front-facing towards business owners. You've been in business all your adult life, and you see themes, you see trends, right? You're in the middle of it. Yeah. And, and you have also been quite good at predicting certain trends. This may yeah. yet turn out to be one of those predictions. As a parent, oh, I keep stepping on the wiring under the table. We'll have to make sure that's not there next time as a parent as a partner as a good upstanding caring member of the human race from the perspective of business and your connection to all these businesses do you and i don't mean wishful thinking Do you are you optimistic about the future from an an environmental impact perspective, or are you pessimistic and concerned that your children are going to inherit, you know, uh, Mad Max world?
0: It's that's a brilliant question.
1: That's the first time you've said that. That is a
0: brilliant question in 15 years. That is the first time you've ever said that to me. That is a brilliant question. I saved it to last. You see what I did? Thank you. One of the main, look, I've had the privilege and I have to use the word privilege of being what I would describe as on the front line with very normal businesses. You know, I work with all different types. I work with every single industry sector you can possibly think of. And because of that, I would say most of them come to me and they're agitating for change. They have no idea what to do. They don't even know what purpose is, most of them they're building a business. But one of the things that's given me hope and lights me up to think that we're going to leave this world in a good place is I genuinely believe that people are going to make the change and it won't be the institution's alone. You I mean be-
1: individual people, small companies? Small I mean,
0: companies, yeah. I believe individual people, small companies. This is not about the big celebrity X, Y, Z person. This is about your normal local person that is doing, that is making impact and purpose for their local community. This is not just about, yes, we have people that want to impact change in the world, but to be honest, 90, 90% of people really just want to impact their community, right? Or do something good for their space. And the thing that lights me up and actually, I truly believe that the world will be left in a better place is because I've had the privilege of working with thousands of these people. And a lot of them, look, I know I use the same line as you greenwashing, but I use, I use just using brand as a marketing strap line is my line. And a lot of these people, once they realize that they can actually, actually make a change, that it's not just doing it as a marketing strap line, they're actually going out and impacting some amazing stuff and they're normal people. And so I do believe that it won't just be left to governments or institutions. Actually, I believe that it is these normal people with normal businesses. And if we can get thousands of them as fast as possible in both developed and developing countries, then we will see a radical change in the next five to ten years.
1: You've got about five hours left on this beautiful island <laughs> that I call home. And I know you want to come back. Yes, It's a I do. compelling place, isn't it? Uh, actually before I let you go what for you has been here in Bali from the in relevant to what we're talking about here what has has stood out for you about this place?
0: Community the main thing and maybe it's because it's everything that I you know I've built a platform around it connecting learning and trading the main thing that I, I have been lit up by being in Bali is the culture is the community is that God they're so kind and genuine and they do they have wisdom and they they don't even they don't even realize the knowledge and the wisdom and the
1: well that's the humility that Balinese people have. It's
0: incredible what is here. I wish I could bottle it up mm. and you know hence the whole thing around you know what if we could Get Balinese people trading. What if we could showcase the wonder that is here? And even the lady, when I went for the walk, and we, you know, we went to the mountains, which was wonderful, and she showed me. And, and she this said, "This is a
1: tour guide who took you on a little temple tour and into the forest." That got my heart.
0: Yeah. She said to me, "We, you know, we use plastic, but we used to use the leaf, and we used to use all our, we used to use all our wrapping with this leaf." I did a little video on it, and I was like even that little video right which is her just a wisdom lady showing me how they used to do packaging without plastic and i went how many of these little stories would build up to something that is so big and impactful that could change that could change lives in countries that are consumed and i came from that world with fast fashion and fast food and putting chemicals into foods and so forth we need to go back to nature is what i say with a fusion of technology not leading with technology and leaving nature mm-hmm. behind
1: yeah completely agree and that's the vision of uh, governor costa who's the governor here at bali that's his vision is to not put the brakes on progress but not allow progress at the expense of the natural world Mm. and tradition hence why we're moving he says within the next three to four years to turning the whole island organic working on the waste problems and ensuring that the balinese customs and traditions and values which are like you rightly say they're incredible um that they stay firmly in place as the country and the island it feels like a country sometimes Hmm. different to the rest of indonesia but as the island progresses and continues to grow its tourism and recover from covid and also embrace technologies that are going to help it um as always i love you I love you too, my darling. Um, and thank you for coming in here. I don't want to hold you up too much because you're in this dark little room that you don't like. No, even though I love it in here. Um, and out there is the last of the day's sunshine. Gin and tonic. And the last of well, I got to work, but oh, I might, I might, I'll come over come and make on. sure that you don't put too much yes. gin. Yes. Okay? I'll come for twenty minutes.
0: Thank you very much for imi- inviting me onto NatureWorks nature Pop- podcast.
1: Ah, it's all right. Everyone <laughs> listening knows what it's called.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, but it has been a real honour, and I know that I'm an unusual. You are, um, you're not a
1: conservationist, you're no. Not a, um, but you I'm an a unusual special, person to bring on.
0: But I do feel like person. it comes from a different place, but a relevant place for totally.
1: yeah. nature well, to work. Well, you know what? If we're not, if we're not ensuring that businesses take an ethical and a environmentally focused stance then we're screwed
0: uh, because it's, bus-
1: it's business that causes all the problems
0: and actually my genuine belief is that these business leaders and industry leaders and societal leaders will make the change
1: I've just packed that really thanks. badly have I am so sorry that's okay I just want to get you to your gin and tonic thanks Lynn.
0: thanks Mike <laughs>